With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, we're talking shit now, but Miami, could we could find out that, you know, Julian Champagne or whoever is going to be a fucking beast because Miami is fucking devil, like Pat Riley, deal with the devil. It's the same depth chart as the Celtics. This is harassment yeah. and flirting. <laughs> Jovich. Jovich is going to be all NBA second team just because Miami is has the monkey paw. Welcome back. We are back. There's been some trading in the NBA. One big trade led to another lesser big trade, but might lead to more kind of big or less big trades. This will all make a lot more sense as we unpack this. Scoob is here. YC is here. And we're here to talk through this whole Damian Lillard to the Bucks, Drew Holiday to the Blazers, Pauls, Drew Drew Holiday from the Blazers to the Celtics. But let's go one by one. Where do we I guess we start with the the details of the trade would make sense. As people know, the Portland Trail Blazers traded guard Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks part of a three-team deal including the Phoenix Suns. Portland receives Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, Tumani Kamara, Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first round draft pick and unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030. The Suns receive use of Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, and Keon Johnson. They sent out DeAndre Ayton. Do we start? Do we go from there? Do we read out the full holiday trade? I don't want to read too much. Just yell words at people. We'll do that later. I feel like we just get it all out on the table. Get all every single card on the table. Okay. Celtics sending center Robert Williams III and guard Malcolm Brogdon to Portland, along with a 2024 first-round pick via Golden State, a 2029 first-round pick uh, via Boston is heading to the Blazers, and the Celtics in return get Drew Holiday. It makes sense talking through, and actually this, of the trades we've seen, like the lottery protection, it's like weren't too crazy. It wasn't a whole, like it's players we whose names we know for the most part. This could have been a much more complicated trade but it ends with damian lillard on your milwaukee Bucks school what do we what do we think what's the what's the vibe of the city are they are they ready for some dame time oh yeah the city seems very ready for some dame time the what what is it called down there I, i've got so stoned i forgot the name they got the bucks dealy plaza downtown whatever i don't think they call it that. <laughs> i don't think that's what it's called but they got that downtown and they, they, it was filled out and i saw some heat fans were uh 
he fans were going a little schizophrenic over it because Dame showed up two hours late. He had his one child in each hand. And I saw a Heat fan. He said he, he can't even put his children down to wave at the fans that waited for him. His heart's not in this. Too good of a father. Not that good of a point guard. I mean, where are his priorities? He should have left the family behind when he got traded. Drop those babies on the ground. Show some real commitment. Like, are you running from the ground or ain't you? Buddy boy. But so. in all serious, like on the court, the difference I I just Drew is a good player. He is one of the best like two way players. He can defend he can defend big guys, he can defend small guys. But I don't know what what happened with him where these last two playoffs he was just not Drew. Like he was shooting us out of games. He was shooting like four for thirty in games. He just couldn't maybe he was being asked to do too much. But if this team stayed the way it was, that wasn't going to change. He would still have to do that. So I like what Dame brings to the team. Imagine who, who who's going to stop Giannis and Dame late in the game. You have to worry about both guys. The Celtics. Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> but that got Chris Middleton, the Celtic killer. So we've covered every single base. It's all covered now. All the bases are covered. So I'm excited. I think, like you said, something happened. I think the something that happened was Chris Middleton being injured. I think that him being out elevates Drew Holiday into where he's taking 20-plus shots, and that's just not the best Drew Holiday. Like we've seen it over like the regular season. He's very good postseason. I think he gets asked to do a little bit more than he should probably be doing, and it ends up with I think he's shooting like 30% from three in the postseason. Like, I've seen too many graphics comparing the numbers of him and Eric Bledsoe as a Milwaukee Buck for that to be, you know what I'm saying, for there to be any hesitancy. YC, what do you make of this just on the surface? A Knicks fan just seeing the everybody contend, everybody make moves. I mean, as a Knicks fan, I mentioned this before, but we're just not in a position where we should be worrying about the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference. I know it can be frustrating to see other teams improve pretty dramatically, but Milwaukee specifically is just in a different stratosphere as far as what they're competing for, what they're doing. And I don't think there's any shame in that. I know that's not an exciting thing to say, but the Knicks trying to make moves to keep up with the Bucks getting Dame or Boston getting Drew or trying to get in on the Drew Holiday thing, even though the fit there doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense, would be counterintuitive. It'd be a step backwards. So I'm not as a Knicks fan, I'm not disappointed. As a as a as a fan of the NBA, I'm a little bit interested because I feel like a lot of these superstar trades come in and the idea behind them is you just make the trade to upgrade your talent and you figure out figure out how it works later. And I don't think the Bucks are going to have that adjustment problem because these are two stars that look like they fit pretty well together on offense and will fit well pretty well together. And it's not a it's not a bunch of wing guys that you're trying to fit together. It's not a bunch of guards you're trying to fit together. It seems like a perfect pick and roll two man game threat that they are elevating to an elite level. So I am kind of excited to see that. I know that we're all trying to nitpick these trades and a lot of people are saying, well, you lose a lot on defense because you lose Drew. And I think Drew is a great player and you can't, you can't knock him for what he is. He, he's a very good defender, very useful player. 
but I think it's a clear upgrade and like a slam dunk. I think you do this trade 10 times out of 10 if it's presented to you. So I don't know. I, I think you do and you have to because as good as Drew Holiday is, and we know him to be all defense, all star, Olympian, all that. Damian Lillard is a top 75 player all time. Like you have a chance to add that right now. And then like YC said to the the fit of it, like the questions with the Bucks have been like, sometimes the half court offense can stall out. Insert Damian Lillard. He's, he's the half court. Him and Giannis picking, that's the half court offense now. I feel like when it really matters, you can have two of those three on the court at all times. Like you'll never be without two of the three of Giannis, Dame, Middleton. If Middleton's healthy, which stinks to say, but I think it has to be said the last two, what, two seasons he's battled that. But independent of that, I think if you're bad, like if Middleton is out, you just say, okay, we just run Dame and Giannis a hundred times a game until they figure it out. It gives you an identity you didn't previously have just by him playing the game he's always played. And I saw people saying, do you really want to take the ball out of Giannis's hands late in the game? I've seen enough Giannis like pull up threes when we need buckets late. I've seen enough for a lot with nobody within ten feet. Right, like I've seen enough for my lifetime. Like he won't even ever have to do that anymore. Like that's just not going to be part of the game plan anymore. I feel like so. I'm very excited to see how the offense looks. We're going to need some of the other people on the bench to step up, like Marjan Bochamp. He's going to have to step up. Uh, Melly Beasley's going to have to play good. He's the starting shooting guard on paper right now. Uh, so we're going to need the defenders to step up. Dame's going to have to play a little better defense than he historically has. But we'll see. Maybe he's inspired playing next to someone as great as Giannis, you know? He may be, but he's he's still like 34 and 6 feet tall. So he can be he can be as inspired as he wants when it comes to the the playoffs and length and size and strength. Like we just saw with Drew Holiday, he was healthy for that series. And Jimmy Butler had no problems with Drew Holiday. Not a knock on Drew Holiday. Jimmy Butler is a great player. But you talk about if we have this guy and he can't defend the big wings we need, do we, is it worth kind of flipping what we do? To get a guy like up, uh, like an upgrade like Dame, I think it is. Because I, I think less about it like, do you want to take the ball out of Giannis's hands? It's like, I want to put it, the ball into Damian Lillard's hand. He's shown he's one of the best of his era. Yeah. This. When you're taking the ball out of Giannis's hands, it's like to put it in Damian Lillard's hands? Of course. Right. Yeah. Now I'm listening. So. <laughs> yeah. It's not just taking the ball out of his hands and giving it to Drew Holiday or whoever, you know, or Malik Be- Beasley. And then the other thing about it, too, is that that's terrifying. You do want Giannis to be able to concentrate on finishing plays and not having to initiate plays. That's terrifying. He's probably one of the best play finishers in the game. You know, he's he's definitely up there. If you have another guy you have to worry about and Giannis just needs to catch the ball and score within two, three seconds of having just it. Do what every James time Harden says he does. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Literally, he just can just run it. He can just rim run every time, short roll or to the basket all the way and finish plays while you have to worry about whether Dame's going to pull up or pass it to him. That's like all the offense you need, essentially. You don't even need anything more exotic than that. Also, the grab, like just Dame, he don't have to have the ball. Like Drew Holiday is a threat when he has the ball. Like you have to pay 20 point, 18 to 20 point a game. Damon Lillard does not have to have the ball. From the point he crosses half court, you better be paying attention. So if that takes you one step away from Giannis, one step away from Brooke Lopez, one step away from a shooter in the corner, 
that's flipping your offense in a way that he's just never had. So that alone could unlock more Giannis. Like y'all were saying, if he just gets to do more of what he's good at, it's like we know Giannis can create, but he's finished when he's on the finishing end. That's when you get destruction, Giannis. So we'll allow him to do some of those things. Scoop mentioned the depth chart. Could you show pull me up the uh, the Bucks depth chart if we could? Because they will have to like Grayson Allen. I don't want to say glossed over. He's mentioned he's a fine regular season player. He gets picked on in the playoffs, but you need regular season inning eaters. And he's like a 40% three-point shooter, like a great shooter. So just losing him is not nothing. Yeah. But I saw last year, Drew and Grayson combined to take 23 shots a game for 29 points a game. Dame alone took 21 shots and was scoring 32, like a much higher percentage from everywhere. So it's like, what if our point guard was just better at everything offensively? What would that look like? And respectfully, Dame feels like the kind of player where he can go for 60 points on any given night. If Drew Holiday scores 60 points, I'd buy a lottery ticket. I would, like, text my ex-girlfriend <laughs> say, take me back. I, Armaged- it'd be Armageddon season once I get the NBA alert. It's like, Drew Holiday, 57 points going into the fourth quarter. But we're looking at the depth chart now. It is, like... If you're starting backcourt, it's going to be Damian Lillard and Malik Beasley. Maybe Connaughton works in there. You're going to have some defensive stuff to work out. You make the risk, like, with the offensive upgrade. I just think the Bucks' bet is that we still have Brook and Giannis, two all-defense players. That's plenty. That's more than most teams have. Like, they also have a new coach. So, I want, like, we think of their defensive scheme in terms of, like, drop that's what bud did that's probably what they'll do again because it was really good they have the personnel for it but we'll see and i think i i've said it before but marjan bochamp i think he'll he's gonna get a lot of shooting guard minutes he might start a lot if he can hit open shots he'll probably end up being the starter just because he's such a plus defender well that i guess we just talk about what are, what are the downsides of this for the bucks because i think that is one of them you're i think you're asking a lot from like a marjan bochamp you might need something from Andre Jackson immediately. You might need something from Chris Livingston, just like young guys on the wing that can defend and you hope can hit a three. Yeah, like Ty Ty Washington. Yeah, Ty Ty's in there. Maybe they're ready for it, but again, Ty Ty was playing ball that didn't matter last year for the Houston Rockets. This year he's on a team trying to win a championship. You know what I mean? Like that's a that's a big jump. Are they gonna be ready for that role? right away we haven't really talked about it is these these trades are happening as like the day before media day so they don't have that mm-hmm. much time to figure out who's gonna be this guy that steps up that we don't know about yet you know right i was gonna say as far as superstar trades though go though and i know we're talking about the downsides and potential negatives they as i mentioned before it's a trade that's a good fit like you don't have to worry about how your star pieces fit together you in theory and the other thing, too, is that look at this depth chart. It's not like they decimated their depth in a way that most of these superstar trades sometimes or a lot of these superstar trades sometimes do. Because when you look at like campaign and, and Connaughton and Crowder and Portis, these are all like legit NBA rotation, rotation guys. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, you, you would love to get something from you. Know, you'd love to get good minutes from Lopez or Ty Ty or whoever, but they did. They just made out really well. It's hard. To, it's hard to say that there's huge downside. I think the, that you worry about health. You worry about whether more defensive responsibility on Giannis is going to 
cause problems. You worry about a couple of those things. Like maybe I think maybe health is the biggest thing. I mean, Lillard, even though he had a career career high efficiency last year, pretty much he only played like fifty games. Probably would have played more if Portland were playing games that mattered. Right. To be honest, though, but so who knows why exactly they shut him down or how many games he could have played. But yeah, he with the older, out. he said it at the end. It was like, yeah, they asked me for tanking purposes. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, so, so there some you of go. That was at least, yeah, I think. He but it's still, you know, yeah. approaching thirty-five, and Giannis is a lot of mileage, and this is a team that's in the playoffs and going deep into playoffs every year. So, you know, the health thing I think is is kind of like your your biggest worry. And like they don't have the best defense, but they have the depth at. Um, point guard, shooting guard, you know, where all it takes is one of those guys to step up. Where on the other mm-hmm. side, behind Giannis, behind Brooke Lopez, they don't really have that depth. They don't really have that who's going to step up guy. Like, we know what we got with Thanasis. We know what we got from Robin Lopez. We know what we got from Jay Crowder. So it's we don't really have that. If, if Giannis goes down or Brooke goes down, I mean, that's doom season. I think Brooke is the – like, of course – if. Giannis or Dame, if one of your two best players goes down, any team is good. Brooks the one because Bobby Portis is good, a very capable rotation big. But you go from like maybe defensive player of the year to respectfully Bobby Portis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After you just traded, you traded two for one, and you got the smallest, worst defender, oldest. I don't know who's older between him and Drew, but the guy's about to be thirty four and six foot tall. So there's definitely some risk there. There's I mean, the picks they gave up, not that you're thinking about that right now because you have Giannis ready to win, but back-to-back-to-back, unprotected draft capital, when, like, Dane will be, like, 40. Giannis will be 35. No telling if they're still there. It's not nothing. Definitely not a problem for now, but not nothing. Six years from now, I'll be saying, I told you so. We shouldn't have done that damn trade. We needed these picks all along. I was like, it's that until it's like, oh man, you look up and that's how the Celtics got Tatum and Brown back to back. That's how that's worst case scenario of what these mm-hmm. could become. Again, you do it every time because they could also turn into the 17th pick in a terrible draft. But worth mentioning, Milwaukee wasn't on Dame's list. Do we do we think that factors in at all? Wasn't he didn't want to be? You know what I mean? So wasn't on Dame's list, but he had always tweeted that the number one player he wanted to play with active was Giannis. So it's like when when you find out that Milwaukee's interested, you add them to the list. I also have a conspiracy. I think he was like, we get Giannis to Portland. <laughs> I have a conspiracy that all along they were in the back room, him and Giannis being buddies, always wanted to link up, and they just. Everything worked perfectly, you know, like when the heat stuff fell apart, Giannis goes to the media. He says, oh, I might not stay. And then right then, that's when the Bucks probably picked up the phone and said, well, how bad was that offer? Because we got one. I was, I do appreciate that about Giannis. Last time Giannis was like, I just don't know about this Milwaukee stuff. They traded for Drew Holiday like that day. Mm-hmm. This time he's like, hey, I could still walk, man. It's touch and go. Damian Lillard that day. I appreciate that. The last, I guess, not even downside because they couldn't have known at the time. Once you trade Drew Holiday, you have no control where he ends up. Yeah, and then we get. You're like, he's in Portland. He's out of, <laughs> out of our conference, out of our hair. We're feeling good. But it, well, even before then, Phoenix was in this. I want to talk a little bit about Phoenix because Phoenix turned Aiton into Nurkic, Allen, Nasir Little, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson, and Yusuf Nurkic. What do we make of that portion of it? 
Because, yeah. I don't, I just don't get it. I mean, I know, we all know the, the main bridge was burned. Like, it was just burned. But when you want to add on to the, the third part team of the trade, normally you're not giving up such a good player. You know, normally you're, you're sneaking on there and you're taking something. And then they get Nurkic back, who is not good. Like, he, he's not that good. Yeah. There's a, he had, was battled injuries last year. I guess the pro side of it is that if he gets healthy, he's better than he looked. The downside of it is, is maybe he's just injured. In he's game. very bad defensively. I know that as much. Bill Simmons said he got played off the court. That was Bill Simmons' words. Well, I think it was like ankles and feet. So, again, the, I think the Nurk, the people high on Nurkic will tell you if those get healthy, he's not as poor of a defender as he showed. Okay. Either way, he's not a good defender as at first glance, I would I was gonna say that, or at first glance, what I thought was that they did pretty good turning it into some depth because that's their biggest need. They just need bodies. Honestly, they don't have a lot behind Durant, Booker, you know, Durant, Booker, and Beal. Um, but I think believing that they made out okay in this deal to get that depth, you have to assume that the eight and stuff was just too bad to continue with like that is the thing right uh, that's the caveat if Aiton was a neutral on being with the Suns and like whatever this trade looks a lot worse but I think the idea is that DeAndre Aiton was so far gone the relationship with them was so bad he didn't want to sign with them they they matched that offer and his restricted free agency to to keep him that he just didn't want to be there that turning him into three potential turning him into two to potentially four rotation players is better than nothing. I think that's the thought process. And, um, you know, like you said, Grayson Allen's not a bad piece to have uh, for, you know, a team that's very top heavy. Um, Nurkic again is super hurt. And I know they're trying to probably spin that as a defensive upgrade, but that we'll see depending on how he looks as far as his health. But those two guys aren't bad and they got some depth out of it. I think maybe this is also a situation where, Addition by subtraction, like I mentioned, they just wanted to get in on the deal and get rid of Aiden. So I think if you really believe the Aiden stuff is bad, the deal looks a lot better. But right now, it's kind of a incomplete grade as far as how it works out. Was do we think this was like the best offer they had for Aiden, or the only offer they had for Aiden? Because I imagine I feel like you could get a lot more than Nurkic and Grace Allen. I don't think I feel like they've been testing the market on DeAndre Aiden for over a year. Okay. And they were like, because from the time it was like, they might not, they might just trade him to the Pacers. Because you remember when the Pacers signed him to the offer sheet, it's like, well, they just let him walk. Are they going to trade him the second that he can be traded? They got Monty Williams out, Frank Vogel in. So it's like, okay, was that the bad blood? Like, are they good now? Apparently not. Mm-hmm. Because Aiden was the first overall pick like four years. He's like 23 now. Helped them make the finals two seasons ago, maybe three now. And they traded him for pennies on the dollar. They could have had Luca. The problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's a whole other video. <laughs> I was say, yeah, that's that's next week. Um, but I I think the problem with Day Aiden is that he's he's a good player and he probably might be a little bit even underrated at this point in his career because of all the expectations on him. But he signed that big deal, and if you're going to trade for him, you got to find money to match that. And then on top of it, he's not a unique player. He scores and he rebounds. He doesn't shoot threes. He doesn't really defend. 
So he's not a guy that a lot of teams need. Like, if you look at the Knicks, for example, if we were to make a deal for him, we'd be basically trading out potentially a very similar player in, like, a Julius Randle. Like, it's it's All just right. – I'm just, I just mean in terms of guys who can score and rebound, we have a guy who can do those things. So we wouldn't trade for Aiden. A lot of teams have a guy who can score inside and rebound, but he needs to, that's just a very, that's a very, you know, late nineties, early two thousand skill set that was very valuable in the NBA. That isn't so much now. It's a very aging, like archetype of play. Mm-hmm. The and... double, double big man. Yeah. Well, it's, I, he's a good def- – like, we two years ago when they made the finals, they don't make it without him playing the kind of defense. But it's like, are you getting engaged, happy to be right. happy to Fair defend enough. DeAndre Aiden? The question I just wonder for both sides of it is, is Aiden now walking into Portland like, okay, I'm the, I'm the highest guy picked here. I make the most money here. I should be getting 20 shots a game. Like, it, this should be about me. Is Nurkic going the other way saying – like, I know I'm not as good as these guys, but I, if y'all just want me to rebound, roll, and run the court, I'm a little bit better than that. Is, is each side going to accept their new role? I feel like Nurkic probably would just, like, it's a winning role, and he's still getting paid. I think he's still mm-hmm. got a couple years on that contract. Aiden, I wonder. I just wonder if he's going to be like, okay, now, th- th- like, this is my team. I'm the vet here. I make the most money. I'm the number one overall pick. I should be, like, the offense should revolve around me. And maybe he he's run, nice enough to justify that in that is role. He, is he going to run into the same problem in Phoenix in the sense that with worse efficiency? Like, he's just going to run into Simons and and Scoot taking all the shots versus Booker and Durant taking all the shots and with worse results. Right, so that's <laughs> what I'm saying. It's like, okay, all right, if it's Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, I'll set your screens and grab your rebounds. For the two 19-year-olds, like they, should be, they should be rebounding me the ball. So... <laughs> I'm also I'm not entirely sure the Trailblazers will hold on to him because if you think about it, the Suns and the Trailblazers, they're looking for completely different packages trading Aiden. The Suns wanted depth. They want players. Trailblazers don't necessarily need any of that. So they could trade him for picks to someone, you know, so it could be. And that's what I, I just want. Again, what's the market? I feel like Phoenix tested the market and was like, nobody really wants. Like to what YC was saying, who has a need for this guy making $30 million? But if the market's picks and the Suns have no interest in that, we wouldn't even know, you know? Unless, yeah. again, to what YC, if it was just that bad, and they were like, we don't care what we. We true, just need true. warm bodies in the building. The thing I think Nas Little could be good for them. Yeah. We'll see. Um, you saying YC? Oh, to, I was saying to Scoop's point, the thing about Portland that's interesting to me, and maybe this is not good PR for GMs or for owners or whatever, after making all these deals, and if I'm Portland, I would take less to get off of Aiden if I don't see him as a piece that I want. Like, I would take, you know, a first-round pick and some matching salary to get off of him and just say, this is just an additional piece that I got out of the larger deal. I'm not looking at it as I only got – one first rounder for DeAndre Ayton. I'm like, I didn't have him in the first place. This is one big trade to me. So right, if I'm just adding another, yeah. So if I'm just adding another pick for a guy that I didn't take first overall, I might right. do that. Yeah, because we're looking at the the Portland depth chart right now, and they these are names. I I don't <laughs> know a lot of these guys, man. <laughs> User generated compute CPU generated <laughs> NBA draft in 2K. 
names. These, like, there's no doubt about it. Uh, these are names. <laughs> Justin Minaya, I'm sure, is a reliever <laughs> for the Orioles that I've. Yeah, Ibu Baji, I think he played a couple years uh, with the Pistons. Mm-hmm. So, well, I get, yeah, the Portland, we've kind of talked through Portland side from the other pieces. Like, for them, they got off Dame, who was expensive, aging, like the a top three player in their history. You can debate where. And turn him into pretty good value. And still have options like through Aiton, through Brogdon, or whoever, through Robert Williams, whoever, if they still want to move, they can. They have enough. I feel like they cleared spots for their young guys to get minutes, like get enough run. Tamani Kamar was like second round pick in this year's draft, but just in looking him up, he's like a six eight wing who made all defense, made all a ten, and shot like thirty five percent from three. Like the type of guy you would try to take a swing on, mm-hmm. and hope that he hits. So I do like what Portland's also like got off Nurkic. You just turn Nurkic into Aiton, whether you keep him or not. That's I think Aiton's a better player than Nurkic. Not a hot take necessarily. Not even downside for Portland. I just wonder what kind of timeline are you on? Because we look at these yes. players now, and I see, I see Simons, who's probably young and ready to ball out now that mm-hmm. like Dame's gone. I see Shaden Sharp, who's nineteen twenty. Scoot, who's nineteen twenty. Sharp, yeah, he's in there. I see Jeremy Grant, who just got a max deal, who's like twenty nine thirty. Are he and Aiton and Robert Wood like? Those three guys, or Aiden and Robert Williams, really, these have been on like finals contending teams the past two years. Are we ready to just go to see what the Trailblazers have to do? Malcolm Brogdon, is he going to want to? I don't know if he stays there, but is he going to want to go from a finals contender to babysitting? I don't know if he has much choice, but Aiden, we'll Aiden, feels, Aiden feels so much like the type of player that the Hornets would trade for. May. I, like, if you Portland, what if you could just run out? It's like, we want to get DeAndre Aiden 25 and 15. Fluff the numbers and then sell high. <laughs> take and back Mark Williams. Yeah, take yeah. back Kai Jones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> take back little Kai Jones. You could probably get Kai Jones right now without giving up Aiden. Um, that and I, was Phoenix like a little bit too happy to get off Aiden. That'd really be my only. It's like, oh, man, I, I, got a st- I got a new car. For $12, what could possibly <laughs> go wrong? But on the whole, I think they have to feel good about their return, what they got for everything. Where they, where gonna they be a big, I think that's going to be a big front court. It's going to be like Grant, Williams, and Aiden all starting together. Like, that's the only – looking at this depth chart, it's got so many weird holes. I feel like that's going to end up being your front court. And then the two – like, probably – Simons and – Yeah, Simons Sharp. and Scoop. Well, it's like, I don't – I've seen yeah, some, it's like, I've seen people say it's like, oh, it's a failure if Scoot doesn't start immediately. And I don't necessarily agree. He's going to get minutes nah, regardless. Like, I don't. Yeah. If he wasn't playing at all, I'd be worried. If he Bring starts, but he's still slowly. getting 30 minutes. Yeah. What's, there's no rush. And then they traded Drew Holiday. So what do we make of the, we'll jump into that portion. I mean, the ball, Celtics definitely a scary team. They turned Marcus Smart into Drew Holiday, which didn't seem like a attainable thing going like at the end of last year's offseason starting this if you told me they would have turned Marcus Smart into Drew Holiday who res- I think he's better at everything than Marcus Smart respect like both really good guard defenders I think he's better mm-hmm. 
So now you have he and Derek White, probably the best defensive backcourt in the league. I think it gives you a very strong top six after we just saw the Nuggets top six. It's like, hey, if you got a good six and you're willing to ride them, that might be, depending on the six, that might be all you need. But comparing the depth here to my bucks, I, exactly. I love my bucks depth a lot better because we asked, like, someone's got to step up. Maybe someone doesn't have to step up on this team, but do they have anyone that even could if it was required? Look at the names on this roster, boy. Well, I, allow me to defend the, the Celtics for the first and maybe last time. The thing I will say, knock on wood, Tatum and Brown consist like have been pretty durable. Mm-hmm. You can't say that mm-hmm. for anyone else. Yeah. The Bucks being yeah. two, three, you know what I mean? So if it's like we're, them. Yeah, we're sliding in these two guys almost automatically. I feel like Derek White's been pretty like pretty mm-hmm. steady last couple of years playing games. Drew kind of kicked that bug. Porzingis and Horford is where I worry. But also every Celtics game last year, it was just another random white Celtic just giving good minutes. So for the course of a long season, if like Luke Cornett, how Peyton Pritchard, I think, is ready for some more minutes. Like Reggie Bullock, I saw was on like the buy. If they just get a couple of these guys, they I think they basically bet we'll get our top six in order and figure out because the, these are the guys that matter in the playoffs anyway. I think they only have six guys who would be rotation players on every team in the league, though, which is wild. Like, and it's they a, it's only have six, six guys. That's, all, that's yeah. all they need. I guess, but it's just like when you see beyond that, when you see Hauser, you know, Sam Hauser. He was cooking know, last year. He was hitting threes, uh, Cornette, putting his arms up in the yeah, air. Like, you need I'll some just, innings, regular cool. season innings eaters. These yeah, are innings eaters. I guess the I guess the hope is this, your top six is so strong, you overwhelm teams, and you rest. You, you got them playing 30 <laughs> minutes a night because you, you're playing blowouts every night. I think I still think you do it, but this is just my okay. point about, to Scoop's point, like the trade, the difference between the Milwaukee Bucks making a superstar trade and most other trades that are similar is you end up with depth that looks like this more than you end up with depth that looks like what the Bucks currently have. And I think that is the big issue. And also that you've made, you consolidate your talent to take on Porzingis, who very healthy last year. Let's just also put that out there and, and be fair. In recent memory, he's been pretty healthy, but you just never know. He's an unusually large man. So I think that injury bug thing can always be a ticking time bomb, maybe a little overblown, but not something you – not something you pencil him in for. You don't pencil him in for 65 games necessarily. Um, it's tough. So, But I think, you, like you said, I think you do it because it's just a pure upgrade on talent and because of where you are and because you have two super max guys already, you got to do this. Even though I do think Marcus Smart, especially on offense, has like been a lot better, like improved over the years, is like playmaking and all that. But it's a pretty good deal for Celtics. But I, I'm less scared about the Celtics getting Drew Holiday with this depth than I would be with the Bucks. I mean, especially because there are already questions about whether or not Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum even can can get over the hump together long term. I think it's a little bit overblown, but the question isn't the fit isn't as seamless, and they have worse depth, so they clearly are. I don't. I think the number two team behind the Bucks. I don't think this is bad depth though. Like we're talking about, like you're. They have their top six, so we're talking seven through. Like how many guys? Ten for like seven through eleven. Peyton Pritchard was a first round pick. 
Lamar Stevens, people in Cleveland last year were like, we want Lamar Stevens to play. Why won't he play more? O'Shea Brissett's a solid player. And again, once you you just have to fit them in around like they've kind of nailed the hardest position. So it's just like, yeah. can you do any other stuff? We have a big I guess you'll, that can shoot. you'll always have one of these starters on the floor, I guess, is right. the idea. Right. And when it really matters, again, like the Nuggets last year, they just went to their like six. It was just like, we're not even playing an eight-man rotation. And if one of your top six gets hurt, you're cooked anyway. So- I think maybe the idea, maybe maybe the depth isn't bad, but what, what we're questioning is the combinations that will be employed. You know, we just want to see, because the Celtics did have that issue. Remember, what was the issue last year? Coley said Brogdon couldn't play with the starters at all because they were so bad Anytime Brogdon took the court with the rest of the starters. So it was something like that. I can't remember specifically. And he got his ass out. No, it was like the net rating of the team with him and the other and the other Jason, the J, the Jays. Yeah, him and the Jays together couldn't play together. The three of them had like the worst net rating of any three man combination, and it was just weird and like no one really understood why or if it was just like noisy data or something. But yeah, so. Good yeah, question. so I'll be curious to see what what it looks like when the Jays take the bench. What the what the what the lineup looks like when they're both on the bench or one is on the bench. And yeah, Kristaps Kristaps mm-hmm. is the question mark because if he stays healthy, if he looks like he did last year, this team is definitely one or two. If he goes back to being healthy, unhealthy, and not lineup foot foot issues all the time, it might be in a little trouble in the back there down low. I mean, that's I think they're they're betting right now. It's like, okay, we if we run into one Embiid, we're just not worried about it. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Bam, we think we have enough. Jokic, I feel like this is gonna. We feel like we can go five out and try to run him everywhere ragging. We don't have a big body for Jokic. Nobody has a big body Mm -hmm. for Jokic. So let's go the other way. Like our fives can all shoot, which I don't know. Like three legit fives that can shoot the ball. So you can go five out at all times, which we saw is what Missoula wants to do. So I think they'll have like a lot of versatility just by function of like the Jays can either play the two and the three, the three and the like you can just shift them to what you need the other guys to do. So I'm I'm not worried as much about the depth. This is not even so much a worry because it's not my money, but Drew Holiday's on a one year deal. And he is older. You know, he could opt out next. He could opt out right, like say he has a good year, he opts out, and you have to just pay him. I think like four for two hundred. Mm-hmm. It's his starting max on top of what yeah. you just gave Jalen Brown, on top of what you're about to have to give Jason Tatum. And with those CBA rules going into effect, you can't. It's not like okay, we'll just trade Drew down the line for three cheaper players. You can't do that once this starts. I think it's the reason the Suns. I forgot to say it for the Suns. That's why they went one for three because it's like one year from now we can't do that. I like the depth, though. I think I, I brought myself into it. I think this is yeah. the deepest team in the league. So I don't see a player on that, a guard on that bench. I would trust it more than ten minutes a game. Not yet. You have to play more than ten minutes, though. Pritchard's I think so. At some point, I think you're going to end up having to get Peyton Pritchard. Might be, is like the only guy on that bench who maybe you trust out. I don't know, man. This is this looks a little scary. I guess it, it, the top six is so overwhelming. You're not worried about what the rest of it looks like, but. On paper, this is not um, uh, not a worry-free situation, I guess. But I guess what else are you going to do, though? Like, you want Drew Holiday, this right. is what you – the price. I'll say, like, Jordan Walsh is a – who I'm high on. I think he will have the opportunity to get some minutes. Maybe he's something immediately. But we, like, 
Missoula cut Grant Williams out the rotation last year. Anyway, he might just be like a yeah, seven guy point. type of rot- you know what I'm saying? He's like, what do I need eleven guys for? I'm really what only did they, play. What did they give up in players? Who did the Celtics lose in this deal? Actually, that's a better question. Maybe the, it was. It was uh, Brogdon, Robert Williams, yeah. and a pick. Golden State next year. Oh, yeah, okay. a pick. Yeah, one of their own picks and a pick they got from the Marcus Smart trade. That, so they're be- so they. Yeah. That was one of the questions I do have about this team is like defensively they lost Smart, they lost Robert Williams. Those were the two guys who I considered like the glue guys, the like the leader guys, the rah 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 type guys. I don't really know who's the rah 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 type guy. Is it going to be Horford? Because I Drew is a soft spoken guy. No one, respectfully, no one's listening to Big Chris Stabs. Anything he has to say, <laughs> so it's going to be Brown or Brown Tatum. Maybe Derek White will have to be what? stepping up. I get counter. I would say Marcus Smart had too much say. Like I agree, he was the leadership role, but it's like, <laughs> why is he the leadership role? We got to. We'll get him. Yeah, I feel like Drew's definitely the lead by example type, but maybe that's what they we've seen the rah rah mm-hmm. leader stuff, yeah. and it's got them far, mm-hmm. not far enough. So maybe they J- Jalen Brown's too stuff. Jalen Brown's too much of a free thinker for the rah rah shit to to work on him anyway. <laughs> Sun rah, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I also wonder losing Rob. Well, I don't know why that that feels like the the one scary thing in all this because he he was really good. You know, he, he was good at moving. Excellent defensive player. Excellent defensive player, and he's also so good at like moving the ball, passing as a big man. You know, like that part mm-hmm. of his game is felt underdeveloped. Like they never really got to unlock his offense potential mm-hmm. fully. Mm-hmm. It's one of those like he's. I mean, on a very fair deal, I think he's twenty five, twenty six. Mm-hmm. It just made me wonder, what are his knees really? True. Mm. They signed him to that cheap deal because of, I don't know if it was knees, but because of injuries. And we've he could still be effective around it, but I think each of the last two years he's been battling like lower body injury. I mean, smart some too. So I wonder how much of that was Boston being like, we don't know if we want this for the long haul. Now they still got Horford and Kristaps Porzingis. So they're mm-hmm. not the cleanest bill of health. But if they're like, mm, we don't think, Marcus Smart's ankles or whatever are going to hold that much longer. Let's mm-hmm. move it while we can. And also, I, I said it before, but these teams don't really have a lot long time to prepare with their new players. But the Celtics, they, they kind of do get the blessing. This is their first full offseason with Missoula. Last offseason, they lost Udoka. They had that whole thing. They lost all their assistant coaches. This year, they actually got to hire their coaches, keep their coaches stuff like that. So they actually have a little bit more stability despite all the moving parts. So that, that probably mm-hmm. helps. Yeah. I, and of the depth, like a lot of it was like, if you really do believe in your system scouting development, all that, like Pritchard, Cornette, Hauser, Jordan Walsh, the rookie, I think JD Davison was there last year. You figure you can develop like, like two players. You don't need a full, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You just need like two guys to, to hit really. I get it. Okay. The Portland side, of the Drew Holiday, which we've talked about some. Do we think they keep Aiton and Rob Williams both long-term? No. More than this season. Yeah, define long-term. Who knows long-term, yeah. More than this one season. No, I feel like Aiton's out the door sooner rather than later, I just feel like. I feel like he's still got value out there that we don't know about. Where? I'm curious. Like, I I don't disagree. I'm just like, where? Because we're looking through the depth. I mean, who needs some, who needs some DeAndre Ayton for $30 million a, a year? 
a strange thing about this is they might even move Robert Williams because not like immediately, but at the trade deadline, a, a team needs another rotation big who can defend in the playoffs. They might, you know, pawn him off on somebody. It's the long con. Yeah. Robert Williams ends up a buck, and we just completely turn the tables. <laughs> I was going to say, y'all don't have, like, any picks left to, like, 2035, but. That is true. And then they trade him back to the Celtics. <laughs> Imagine. I did see, like, the Suns through this and the Bucks have both, like, just spent their pick, like, first and second. Like, this is our team. Boston, because it's like some smart maneuvering during the draft where they just kept trading back, trading back, trading back. They've got like nine extra second round picks. They've given up a couple first round picks, but they can still we've seen like two, three second round picks can get a bench player. Mm -hmm. So if they need a player Mm -hmm. like that, could they get one buyout guy, have one young guy pop and then trade three second rounders for one guy? And that's three depth, three depth pieces right there. So that's why I guess I'm not too. Too worried about it. I just, I don't know. This is just a very weirdly constructed Portland team. I don't know. I think they're just going going into the season with this weird roster and then saying we'll move these pieces as we go and see what what deals develop, what happens with the season. I feel like Hmm. they could trade a lot of these guys by the deadline or by the the next offseason and really be left with just their young guards. Yeah, it's like they started to tear the house down, but there's still a couple windows still up. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's a thing I've wondered about Detroit. It's like, okay, for a young team, you're tearing it down. You want to be bad, tank, get good picks and all that. But at a certain point, like for Detroit, I think of uh, Bogdanovich, Boyan Bogdanovich. How much is it worth to you just as the Detroit Pistons to have a veteran shooter, a guy that can score 20 just on the court so Kay Cunningham, Jay Nivey can develop? How much is it worth Portland to be like, man, you know what? Aiden does clean the boards and – Defense is at least average every night. Is is two more first round picks worth it? We got Bucks picks and Celtics picks and Warriors picks coming in. Or do we rather like for Jeremy Grant too? Would we just rather have like a solid wing out there? We know he can shoot. We know he defend. We know he'll just a solid locker room guy. Do we need an extra twenty twenty eight second round pick or whatever? That that's an interesting point because I forgot who it was, but some player or or some writer was talking about the toll it takes on a young player to play on bad teams and like to play on teams that are trying to lose. Do you remember right. this? I and thought, I do yeah. Yeah. And I do think that is something that to think about because on one hand, yeah, you could just tear it down to the studs. On the other hand, you do want them to have competent teammates to play off of because that's what you want them to eventually learn how to play. You want to, you want a good right. players to know how to play with other good players. Right. That's the Bogdanovich thing. It's like, I'm mm-hmm. sure he's great in the locker room, but I would like Cade Cunningham to be able to just play and figure out basketball with spacing on the court. Mm-hmm. He is that spacing right now. Is that 2027 first round pick? Is it worth it? We have that in the tank, but Cade Cunningham can't develop because everybody's in his pocket because we have no spacing. So mm-hmm. I just wonder what's the line of that because they've got, I mean, I don't know what other picks they have from before this, but like the 2028, 20, 29, 30 drafts, they're pretty stocked from these trades. They got the Warriors pick this next year. I think top five protected, but I think the Warriors would be good. The Thunder could use some Rob Williams. We looked at their lineup. They got only Poku at center. Yeah, Chet Holmgren, Rob and Chet. Hopefully. Oh, yeah, and Chet, hopefully, yeah. But I feel like Rob Rob would really unlock that offense there, just moving the ball like he does. 
and the defense they could use a little defense the thing i wonder with robert williams is like he is a good passer but if he's on a like going to be on a good team is he ever going to have the ball enough to justify it you know what i mean like he's a good passer but it's like we have jason tatum and Jalen brown like how much stuff can we run for you and here it's like we want to develop scoot and simons and shade and all how much legit work can we give you if we're trying to get everybody developed? Well, I think it was uh, still potable I was listening to. They talked about the stuff that Rob would do, and it was a lot of stuff on the elbow, you know, where he would get the ball and just quickly look for who's open and immediately make that pass. That is what he's so good at, is identifying right when he gets the ball in his hands immediately where it needs to go. If they, if somehow they got Williams first, do they still trade for Aiden? Or do you think they would still be like, yes, we just want these two guys? Or was it like, oh, we want Aiden? Oh, we didn't know Robert Williams was available. That is a good question. Because, yeah, looking at this, I feel like you don't need Aiden if you got Rob Will. It's a little surplus. I also, But I also think with Portland being in the situation they're in, I don't think they're looking for a 26-year-old center who has some injury issues. Like, I know 26 is not old at all, obviously, right. but I don't know if that not really fits their timeline at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a little bit on the – like, Aiton fits that timeline a little bit more in a weird way. So. Yeah, age what, 20 – I think 23, 23 24. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. It is wild to say he's like, he's, 20, he's just too old. By the time he's good, Scoot will be 23. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, needless to say, I – I don't think either guy ends the season on this team. <clears throat> I think they're they're going to keep moving and shaking. Yeah. What do we think for Brogdon? Oh yeah, him too. I feel like he's gone too. Yeah. Because he's he might be gone the soonest of them all. Actually, yeah, because he's the one that's directly getting in the way of minutes for the young guys. So. Mm-hmm. They're they're good at guard. They have too many guards, if anything. Yeah, he's the one because, like, I see keeping three, but you still have Simon. So if it's like, yeah, between Scoot, Shaden, Simons, we're kind of set. That's your rotation. And yeah. Brogdon had known value. He was almost gone to the Clippers until he had an arm injury that couldn't get the deal done. So if he gets healthy. I, that's been the Malcolm Brogdon thing. All these guys. So it's like, yeah, well, yeah every, every single guy here has the red cross by him. But. That's been the Brogdon. I think teams would like the Clippers were definitely interested, but once they found out the arm stuff, it's like, oh, we're not going to give you anything good for it. But to what YC was saying about Aiden, yeah, would they look at Brogdon the same? Like we, we didn't sign you. We don't really care. like if you give us two second round picks. It's whatever mm-hmm. for us. Maybe. I just don't like Clippers. I would like him on the Mavericks. I just don't know what they have or could give up he's also a little pricey so you'd have to be buying into him i think like two years i think it's like 45 so like 20 yeah 22 total not cheap but the two years i wouldn't mind like i don't mind two years the injuries i'm not signing to a five year he might be the type of veteran player you're talking about with bogdanovich too where you might be wanting if if there's guys to learn from him and play with him if there's a team that's like exceeding expectations and just trying to get over a hump or get into the play-in or steal an eighth seed i feel like a brogdon is the kind of guy you would call the heat even because it's all well i just want what is he like, okay, I'm good with being a six-man now? He did it last year before a contending team. Is he like, I'm good being that for anybody? Or is he like, okay, not, like if you're not a championship contender, I need to be starting. That I don't know. 
But I mean, he clearly has some. I mean, he's clearly a good player. I just don't know. Miami trading for him would be funny though. <laughs> just like going down to option C. Yeah, we had Dame Lillard at home the whole time. Just get Brogdon in there. Yeah, gotta send his Tyler Hero for him though. <laughs> Please, can we see the the fa- They have the odds for the favorites now, like updated since the deal. Because I'm curious. I, I like I. Would it still be Denver? Is it Boston? I know big trades always shake the odds. They're trying to take advantage. So I imagine Boston's a favorite now, followed by Milwaukee, followed by Denver. Bucks, number one. We're looking at, yeah, we just pick one. Bucks are the favorite, plus 350. Boston plus 400. Suns, 600. Nuggets, 450. And then the, is that the fifth? Lakers are fifth with plus 1200. Oh, so it's not an order. It's like different books. Yeah, it's kind of staggered. I was just going whatever the farthest. Yeah, well, it's an order from. Oh, yeah. okay. It is. Oh, it is on that. Yeah. Side. On that. Yeah. What? Yeah, well, so no, the Suns and Nuggets. Some of them aren't. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think no, there'd be any favorites order. down that low, but. Nick yeah, I was going to say. It, <laughs> sounds like free money. <laughs> is that accurate? Is, are, is Boston the favorites in the league now? Where's Philly at on? The plus 2,200. I feel like Philly, Philly, Philly and Miami just end up being the biggest losers in this. Because Philly can stay stagnant. Now they're going to lose James Harden, which that could be addition by subtraction. But who knows what they get for him. I was going to say, what are you at? Right. And then Miami, I mean, they're writing fan fiction and just going completely schizophrenic over not getting Dame. So... What can you even say? Like they, they really did lose this trade. We saw this last year. It was like Donovan Mitchell will be a Nick. There will be no teams that, like nobody will come out of anywhere and swoop this. And the team did. I don't know if this was from Miami holding off their best offer or it legit being like Portland's like, we don't care what your best offer. Like we just, we don't really want to hear it. We know we can do better elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And they did. So. Tell the whole story, though. Tell the whole story, though. I don't think Knicks fans were crying this much. And then what did we go out and do in the playoffs? We went out and beat Donovan Mitchell. So, so you're saying Portland beats the Bucks in the finals? I'm saying, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, if my if Miami wants to if Miami wants to stop crying, they better make some noise in the playoffs. Is what I'm saying. But yeah, yeah, I, don't think, I think they're gonna take a step back, though. I, if I had to guess. Well, they didn't add anything. It was like they didn't. They, like, they lost. They yeah, lost they, things they lost, too. They lost actively truth, lost. Lost Gabe Vincent. Added, got Josh Richardson back. I guess Kevin loves that Thomas Bryant. But the thing you got to point out about Miami though is that the Gabe Vin- Gabe Vincents and Max Struces of the world didn't even exist at the time until they made them into that. Essentially, they found those guys. So. You know, we're talking shit now, but Miami could we could find out that you know Julian Champagne or whoever is going to be a fucking beast because Miami is fucking devil like Pat Riley deal with the devil. It's the same depth chart as the Celtics. It's harassment yeah. and flirting. <laughs> Jovich, Jovich is going to be All NBA second team just because Miami is has the monkey paw. Also, I did for hockey. So like Jovic and hockey is their last two first round picks. If they take steps baby i think they still have a like would they do lowry and i don't know a pick for brog is lowry and one pick for malcolm brogdon is that too much is that fair you get two years of brogdon lowry is i think expiring 
is that enough of an upgrade? Like, would you rather just save the pick and try to? I don't think the pick is worth anything to them, honestly. It seems like it's not. So I, I'd probably do it, but I don't think it's that big of an upgrade unless Kyle Lowry is fully cooked, which he might be. He might be. <laughs> right. I was say trade deadline, he might be running on fumes. So it's like, can we just mm-hmm. swap that out and we'll give you the 28th pick in this draft yeah. or whatever. We got anything else for these trades, boys? I think we've talked through the... Thank God they happened. The Bucks time. <laughs> the lead. Yeah. For you. Well, yeah, well, for me, but also just the NBA just got way more exciting. The offseason, not much really happened, it felt like. Is anybody storming back while the NFL has a terrible early slate? Probably also middle and late slate. NBA is, I mean, the NFL is trying to get Taylor Swift in the building because the NBA has got real stuff going on. <laughs> She'll be throwing jump ball at heat bucks overnight. <laughs> oh, this boy. is the indicator of it. Oh man, you know what's funny is I I did plan on going. I wanted to go to opening night for the Bucks because it's against the Sixers, oh the first home game, and I was gonna get tickets months ago. I was like, oh maybe I'll just buy them now, get them. They'll be cheaper now. They're like probably two grand now. They're probably just fully priced out. You need to call Rudman. <laughs> on the floor, mm. you need to be throwing the jump ball for their first game. Is what I'm hearing. Shaking hands. Be Jennings. <laughs> Scoob and Brandon Jennings suiting up for the Bucks. That's the Bucks depth. Can Scoob and Brandon Jennings give those minutes off the wing? I could play a good backup shooting guard. And y'all talking about the Celtics depth. <laughs> y'all gonna be awfully sorry when Drew Smith averages 20, 20 and 10 this year off the heat bench. I think we've talked through the trade, boy. Mm-hmm. Let us know in the I'm just curious. I feel like I've heard every angle, and I know there's still some that we're missing. What are we missing? Who won this trade? What's the next? Like, where's Robert Williams end up? Where's Brogdon end up? Is eight and damage good? Let us know. Sound off in the comments. Appreciate y'all tapping in. Hit that thumbs up if you enjoyed this. And even if you didn't, if you're still here, thumbs up the least you could do. So, for YC, for school, for everybody helping produce this and make this look nice, we appreciate you. Thumbs up on the way out. We'll catch you next time.